Welcome to the Adventure Church Podcast. We're excited you're here, and we hope today's message encourages you, builds your faith, and brings you hope for the future. May God bless you as you listen in to today's message. Getting away, so take out your notes, and I will promise you I will get done. Uh, I, uh, I, t- I put this in two parts, and so I, I knew that I was going to be late, and so I, I also want you to know I'm, I will get done. And so, praise the Lord. I want to talk to you today about the habit wheel. Many of you remember we started off the series, The Habit Wheel of Being Angry. We talked about that, and you'd be amazed about how my emails and my texts and my Facebook blew up about Pastor were you pointing at me? Were you writing that sermon about me? Uh, because they were responding saying, man, you talked about anger, the habit wheel of anger, and making excuses for our anger. And, Pastor, you were nailing it right between my eyes about being angry. And I was making excuses of why I was being angry. And I was able to, man, just really counsel with people. To tell you what happened this week, let me just tell you, Cheryl and I had the privilege in the prayer room at the old church of leading two people to Jesus. Man, it was amazing. One right after another. In two different meetings, we led these people to the Lord, and it was so exciting. It's all because of what's happening here at church and what God is doing. But here's what's cool. Today, I want to talk to you about the habit wheel of complaining. Uh, Have you ever heard someone complain all the time? Maybe you are that complainer. All right? Check this out. If you have your sermon notes, complaining is a habit That we have turned into a lifestyle. Now watch this. And for some, it fits well. It's just your natural way of living. That you are just a complainer. That's all you do. You wake up in the morning before you get out of bed. The first thing you say, oh, it's morning. And you go to bed at night and say, oh, it's nighttime. And you complain from morning till night and everything in between. But it fits you. It's tailor-made for you. It's fashioned to you. But man, you become comfortable with the attitude of complaining. When I was going to North Central Bible College, and now I'm, I'm now this kid that came out of the ghetto, now going to North Central. I'm going to uh, Bible school with all these PK kids. They've never been outside of Siren, Wisconsin. That's all they know. So we, myself and myself and Steve Floyd, we both are from the Chicago area. So we took our whole basketball team down to Chicago there, and we went to the street called Rush Street. And I'll tell you, Rush Street in Chicago is one of the worst streets that you can go to there in Chicago. Rush Street, I won't name it, but it's one of those streets that you can bargain with people. Let's just put it that way. You can bargain with people. And you have guys that will come up to you, literally go like this, what do you want? And inside of their coats, they have all these necklaces, rings, and man, whatever else they got. What do you want? Whoa, let me see. I ended up buying a basketball for my kid that was a necklace or whatever. But then, you know, back in the old shopping day malls, you know, they had the big windows, not like they have now, the big malls, but they had all the department stores lined up along the street, and they had these big windows, and they had mannequins in the windows. You walk by, it's kind of like, how much is that McGrella in the window? How much is that? You know what? You know what I'm talking about? So here I am. I'm walking down the street, and on both sides of the street, they got these department stores, and they got all these mannequins and different things, and you don't want to stop at the department store. You don't want to stop even to look in the window. Because of there's such a bargaining area, they call it a different term, but because there's such a bargaining area, if you stop, they're going to come and get you. Well, 
I was walking with all these kids, and they look like they're deer in headlight because they've never been out of Siren, yet alone Chicago, on Rush Street. And they were, man. And me and Steve Floyd, we were leading the charge with these kids. And I got there, and I stopped, Dawn, and I, I, I stopped at this, this department store, and they had a suit in the window. And believe it or not, I used to wear a lot of suits. I had double-breasted suits. I always liked double-breasted, right? So I had 43 different suits. You name it, I had every color you could think of, I had it. But this is the particular suit I really liked. And so I stopped at the department store, and I just glanced at the suit in the window. And the guy come out. He said, come here, 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 come here. And I looked at him and said, hey, uh, you like that suit? I said, yeah, I love that suit. He said, uh, I said, how much is it? $250. I said, no, I don't like that suit. <laughs> but here it was. It was a particular suit that I had in, in my closet. It was a purple suit. Man, you don't know none of that. Man, it was bad. I mean, they used to say, CJ, you ain't no white brother. You're a black brother dipped in vanilla. <laughs> so, man, when I saw that suit, it got me excited. Woo! The guy, come here, come here, come here, come here, come here, come here, come here. So he takes me into the store. Started out $250. But before you know it, I brought that bad boy for $65. Man, I was bad. But then I had to get it tailored made. And then what I had to do, I had to take it to Nordstrom's because that was where they had all the seamstress and everything. So I took it to Nordstrom's, and you know how they, they size you, and they, you know, they, they touch you all over the place. I'm like, man, you mess me again, I'm going to knock you out. Because I've never had that happen to me before. I'm like, I ain't that way. You know what I'm saying? So, so he, he, they sized me, did the inseam, all that stuff. And then finally at a couple weeks, I picked that bad boy up. And I put that thing on, man, and it fit me like a glove. And I mean to tell you, it was cool. It was dark purple. I, I, I mean, I'm also embarrassed to play, you know, wear it because I'm a Packer fan. You can think of the rest. I'm not a, and it, people think I was wearing it because I was choking or something. I don't know. But, but, but you know, I could have looked like Barney. I love you. You love me. We're a happy family. But, but you know, it was crazy because I had this pink, man, it was purple, purple, purple. Then I had a light purple shirt underneath it. Then I had this tie that glittered, man. It was cool. I looked like Shaft. I was bad. I was, whoo, I was smooth, man. I had some real pointed toe shoes, man. They were shiny. Man, I, then you should, I put my, my handkerchief in my pocket right there. And then I brought it to take it to the North Central Prom, you know, the, the, the dance there. I walk in there like, what happened to you? But you know what? That thing felt so good. And it was tailor-made for me, fit for my body. And what happens to a lot of us sometimes that you get into a mold of complaining that it fits for your body that you don't even realize that you're wearing it because now it becomes so comfortable and so fashionable in your life that you have accepted your complaining as norm. And what happens when you accept your complaining as norm, you may be feeling comfortable, but the others around you are repelling you. In Psalms 118, verse 24, I love what David says. Here's what he says. The Lord has done this very day. The Lord has done this very day. Let us complain. Let us murmur. Let us whine. 
Let us grumble today and be happy in our complaining. He doesn't say that. He says you have to make a choice to rejoice. You set the atmosphere, the pace, and the temple for each day of your life. Some of you wonder why you are always in a storm cloud. Because you asked for it, you got it, Toyota. Whatever you ask for is going to follow you. Your words that you speak is like picking the food off a menu. That when you speak, it's like picking the food off the menu. You tell the waitress what you want, and the waitress brings to you that which you order. And when you always are complaining, guess what you're doing? You're picking your, your position, your life, and what you're going to be like off your menu. And you wonder why maybe your stomach is upset and you have indigestion in your life. It's because you're choosing wrong things off the menu. Complaining. He says, this is the day the Lord has made. The Bible says that laughter is like good medicine. Have you laughed lately? You see, laughter is like good medicine. Laughter is like good medicine. You know it takes more muscles to frown than it does to smile. And so many times in our life what happens is our complaining brings us down. So look at this. Some of you, your day starts out like a one-a-day vitamin. Always complaining. You know people like that? Are you like that? Always complaining. Here's another one. Vitamins are supposed to keep you healthy. Complaining steals, now watch this, and robs, robs. Now, notice how I highlighted robs. You know what happens? You don't know when the robber's coming, but you know when he left. When a robber comes to your house, you know, man, when he's left because he's taken all your possessions. But you don't know when he's coming. And what happens, complaining does this. It robs you of your joy, your peace, and your hope. And then when you try to get your engine going and you try to get out of the molly grubs and you try to get out of the state of depression or discouragement and defeat, what happened, the robber of complaining came and stole from you and you didn't even recognize it. And now it's too late. Isn't that exactly what happened with Samson? Samson's secret was his hair. And eventually, man, and what happened, you know the story. He was powerless when his hair was cut. He didn't even realize it until he was faced with his enemies. And what happens in our lives a lot of times, our complaining automatically just siphons and steals our joy, our peace, and most of all, our hope. And you wonder why we feel hopeless and despair and things are happening negatively in my life because you called those things as though they were and now they happen and you don't like your place of residence or where you are right now. But you called it into being. You complained. You murmured and stole your peace. Psalms 118 verse 25 and 27. Look at this. Lord, save us. Lord, Grant us success. So what is he saying? God, grant us success throughout the day. You see, God is a gentleman. You have to invite him into each of your days, every day. God, you're the key in the morning, the prayer. God, key in the morning and the bolt at night. That, God, I'm going to open my day with prayer. My thoughts are going to be fixed on you, the author and perfecter of my faith. And then at night, God, I'm going to bolt my thoughts. My thoughts are going to be renewed by the renewing of your word. That, God, you are my Lord. And if I keep my eyes fixed on you, God, you're going to help me succeed throughout this day. 
So he says, Lord, save us. Grant us success. Verse 26, watch this. Watch what he says. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. So if you know anything about a police officer, how do you usually identify a police officer? You identify them by their uniform and by their badge. Their badge, you know what that signifies? That badge signifies that behind that badge there's the authority of the government or Siren Village or whoever else it may be, that behind that badge I have the authority or the government behind me to have authority to arrest you when you're speeding. And what he's saying is, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, that every one of you have the badge of the authority of Christ in your life, that you can make a decision. Either I'm going to rejoice in this day with the authority and the unction and the power and the spirit of God, or I'm going to take that badge off and I'm going to murmur and I'm going to complain and I'm going to choose to be unhappy and I'm going to choose to be mad, whatever the case may be. But God said, comes in the name of the Lord. So watch this. From the house of the Lord, we bless you. Do you know what God desires to do? He desires, Maureen, to come to your house. Joshua says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So God desires to come to your house. Do you know the Bible says this is the day the Lord has made? The reason why he says that is because every day God gives you a 24-hour time slot. But God doesn't force you, Colton. He doesn't try to twist your arm to make you do something out of your will. But he gives you 24 hours in to choose what you're going to be like or how you're going to handle this 24 hours. If you're anything like me, I love to invest. And so investing, Lord, when you deposit, you're going to get a withdrawal. And if you don't deposit into the things of God, the opposite of deposit, you're going to get withdrawals out of your life. And they're usually going to be negatively. And I don't know about you, the stock market's been going fluctuating crazy. And I've been seeing a lot of you, man, man, your hair's going up and down. You look like a roller coaster. I'm broke, I'm rich, I'm broke, I'm rich. <laughs> and what happens, God said he's coming to your house, Chris, to bless you. Do you ever think about what he's coming to bless you with? He's coming to bless you with peace, with joy, with hope, with strength. With the ability, now get this, to make it through the day. You notice why God gave them manna each day? He didn't have them to keep it over from leftovers. And what they kept over from leftovers, they spoiled. Because God wanted to show himself, Jane, powerfully. That I can do it today and I can do it tomorrow if you just keep believing. That I'll bring new manna into your life. And new manna brought excitement into the house. God wants to bring new manna into your life. But then he goes on to say, watch this. Verse 27. You got that? He says, the Lord is God. And he has made his light shine on you. What does light do? Light brings hope. Light brings us out of darkness, out of despair. 
And you ever heard the old saying, there's light at the end of the tunnel? And the reason why that saying is there is because when you see light, when you're walking in darkness, light gives you hope that I'm almost there. I made it through. And God gives you light. You got to hear this. You know why God gives you light? God gives you light to help you realize that it's not so bad after all. If you keep your eyes fixed on me, the author and perfecter of your faith, I will pull you through. Stop your murmuring and complaining and always being upset because I will pull you through. I'm an on-time God. I'm never too late. I'm never too early. I'm on time. You just keep looking unto me, the author and perfecter of your faith, and I will pull you through. You see, Complaining becomes the weights to your life that holds you back from your victories. And many of you are killing your dreams and your victories. And you're killing your home and you wonder why your kids or your, your family members are, man, acting out of hand. Maybe like father, like son, like mother, like daughter. They're acting out what they're seeing in you. We don't like hearing that, right? He said, shine on us. With the dough in hand, join the festival processions up to the horns of the altars. In other words, God, I'm in your presence. I'm in your presence. i got to keep moving. I told you I'd get done. Complaining is like saying, God, complaining is like saying, God, I love you. We all say that. But what? I don't trust you. That's what you're saying when, you don't, when you're always complaining. You're always complaining. You're always saying, God, I, I love you, but God, I, I don't trust you. And you know why you don't trust God? Because maybe things don't work out the way you think they're supposed to work out. You see, your thoughts are not his thoughts. His thoughts are higher than your thoughts. And a lot of times what happens is we think we try to tell God what to do instead of we saying, God, you do what you want to do. And what happens is that we, we say, God, I love you, but. By you complaining all the time, man, you guess what it's doing? Saying, God, I appreciate all what you're doing, but I don't trust you. I'm not grateful enough. And I close. I, I got, so, Andrew, go ahead and come on step up. Where are you at? When I was pastoring in Grand Junction, Colorado, and I need to, like I said, I want to be done, and I'll pick this up next week. When I was pastoring in Grand Junction, Colorado, I had an opportunity to go to a church. I'll never forget a this church sent me a letter, and it was a quite substantial church in, in Oklahoma City. It was, I don't know, it was 3,000 people when we got there, 6,000 when we left. Um, but they, they sent me a letter. And unbeknown to me, they also sent my senior pastor a letter. They sent him a letter, and uh, the letter was, hey, uh, Pastor CJ, we want you to come to Cathedral Praise World Outreach Center, and we want you to be our youth pastor. We, we want you to be our youth pastor. Let me tell you something. We had an unlimited budget. You should have seen we had our youth room. Man, we had every kind of video game you could think of. It was amazing. But anyways, we contemplated about leaving because we truly loved Colorado. We loved it. We just brought our home. We were only there 10 months. That's all we were there. We had our, brought our home and everything. So the pastor, I went to him, and I took my note up and said, Hey, Pastor Brassfield, I said, I just got this letter from Cathedral Praise in Oklahoma, but I'm going to turn it down. He walked into his office and he picked up his letter that he got, unbeknown to me. He said, Pastor CJ, I got the same letter. He said, let me, let me talk to you. And because our offices are right next to all the secretaries, he took me into the kitchen there at the church there in Grand Junction. And he said to me, he said, CJ, 
He said, you are the son I never had. He, all had, he had girls, nothing against girls, but he said, you are the son I never had. And he said, because I love you so much, I want to protect you. He said, I want you to take this job. Look, Pastor, I, I don't want to leave here. I just want to go home, and I love you and Nancy. And I, He said, no. He said, Nancy and I are looking to go to Texas, and we're going to be moving to Texas. So we want you to take this job. So I still wasn't convinced by that, Quinn, about taking this job. So we loaded up the kids, and we went to Glenwood Springs. If you want a great place to go to vacation at, go to Glenwood Springs in Colorado. They got the hot springs, the natural hot springs there. And, I mean, it's unbelievable. Man, that's where the big fire was, and they got a big ex exhibit stuff there. You, you go through the Eisenhower Tunnel. It's just amazing. So we went to Glenwood Springs, but on our way to Glenwood Springs, Michael, we stopped at Walmart there in Grand Junction, and we loaded up our kids with a bunch of new toys and even candy, Steve. We brought them all this stuff back, and so we drove to Glenwood Springs. We stopped at a park before we went to the hot springs, and we stopped at a park, and, oh, here she comes. These boots are made for walking, and that's just what they'll do. Let me just finish. No, no, listen, listen. He's being really nice. He's being really nice because he's trying to protect his wife and make you guys think I'm wonderful. But let me tell you. When the pastor called us to say, yes, we definitely want you, we had a bunch of youth at our house. And CJ, the only place to have privacy and have the youth not know what was going on was for CJ to go in the bathroom to have this phone conversation. Well, I was so ornery. I was not leaving Colorado. I loved it. The people loved us. We were in a honeymoon situation. Why? Why would we leave? So he's on the phone in there with this senior pastor of this large church that has said, we wanted, we're definitely offering you the job. And so I walked in, reached behind him and said, excuse me, I flushed the toilet and walked back out. <laughs> back in those days when you did your income tax checks, it took six to ten weeks to get them back. We had a car up for sale at the garage sale we had had that weekend that had the transmission going out of it. Um, CJ had called the, a realtor friend of ours and on Monday morning had him put our house up for sale. So this is all happening. Sunday's the party. I flushed the toilet. Now comes Monday. He's, he has said yes to the pastor. And I said, I'm not going. I am not going. I'm loved here. I'm not leaving. They love me. I love it here. I'm not going. And he was going, babe. I said, okay. So I had a word with God, and I said, here's the deal, God. If you want us to go, you can bring those income tax checks in. It's only been three weeks. You're a man of miracles. If you want to, you can sell that car. But you know what, God? I'm not going to help you. I went and took the for sale sign off of it. I said, if you really want us to go, you got to sell this house. We've only owned it for eight months. Now what you go ahead, God. So at 9 o'clock in the morning... I went out to get the mail, and there was our income tax checks. Around noon, the doorbell rang, and it was a man saying, Hey, that car was for sale, but the sign's not in it, on it anymore. Is it still for sale? Well, yes, but we're asking this much, and the transmission's going out. He goes, Great, I'll take it. Will you take cash? Three o'clock in the afternoon, the realtor called to say our house had sold. Now, you think God would, you'd go, Okay, God, I get it. Oh, no. 
The next morning, we were supposed to be going to the air show. So CJ was like, well, we need to go. And I said, I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying in my house. I'm, I'm staying right here. So I had a word with God again. I said, Lord, if it's really you, I want to see bold letters. I want to see Colorado or Oklahoma. I want to see bold letters. You don't understand that everywhere you go in the ministry, you're not always loved. You're not always treated good. We were loved. And we were treated great. And I did not want to leave Colorado. We had left a situation prior to that. That, you know, we just kept our mouths shut, but we weren't treated that good. And so there, I, I didn't want to leave. So I go to the mailbox. And you know in the mailbox they put the magazines on the bottom and then they put the letters on top. Well, the magazine on the, was on the top when I opened it up. Sports Illustrated. Oklahoma Sooners. So I was like, okay, we're going. So I was the one complaining and griping. And now we go and we take our kids, as he was saying. Oh, yeah. Amen. He's trying to protect how bad his wife was being. You know what they say, happy wife, happy life. So check this out. All these things happened, which I wasn't going to say until she did. So we go to Walmart, Michael, and we load up our kids. I want you to hear this. So many times you stifle the victories in your life because of complaining. So we load them up. We go to Glenwood. We stopped at the park there to eat, have fun with their toys. And all our kids could do was complain. Roxy, all they could do was complain. We're like, what the world? We just brought you all these toys and all these things. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit right there in that park in Glenwood Springs convicted Cheryl and I so bad. And the mirror came right in our face. You know what God said? God said, CJ and Cheryl, I'm trying to do something good in your life. But all you can do is complain. So obviously we got the hint. And look at what happened. Check this out, James, what happened, Jim. We all of a sudden, we accepted it. We took the position. When I got there, the church, like I said, was 3,000. Grew to 6,000 two years we were there. But check this out. Daniel, this is for you, buddy. I'll start moving up prophetic here in a minute. Ooh, my wife just got me all shook up because of those boots I made. Huh? I'm trying to get my composure here. I'm sorry. Um, so anyways, we, we took this church. And the first thing that happened was is I started a radio show. They had a radio program there at the church. They owned their own radio station. So I got to not only be a DJ, but I also, Jeff, got to do my own show, Rock Talk with Pastor CJ. So every Monday through Friday, I would do a radio show. Monday through Friday, half an hour, Rock Talk with Pastor CJ. Then I got to travel all through the whole state of Oklahoma. I bet you, if you've been there, I've been there. Every campground, or excuse me, every fairground there in Oklahoma, I went and we put up a big tent, kind of like Oral Roberts. And we put up this big tent. And Pastor Dryden will speak for uh, Thursday. 
Pastor Steve would do Friday. And by Saturday, it was my night. The place was packed. And God, <laughs> because of my gift of praying for the sick and the healing, God, you should have saw Terry this huge tent. The place was packed. And people, one right after another, after another, after another, getting healed. I can't even tell you all the miracles Cheryl and I saw. And then our youth group, it was a hundred and some kids when we got there. Man, in two years, it grew over a thousand kids. And you know what Leanne God told me? I could have lost that because I was allowing complaining to cut off my blessings. Sometimes in your life, you got to stop and say, listen, am I a complainer? Am I complaining about the weather? Am I complaining about the new? Because after a while, you're going to repel people. And after repelling people, I, I got to just read the scripture. I know, I'm sorry. I, I got to give you the scripture. I just got to. Proverbs. Watch this now. Proverbs 18, 21. The tongue has the power of life and death. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Complaining, trust me, it's rotten fruit. And rotten fruit attracts fruit flies, it stinks, and it's no good. And in your life, if you're always prone to complain, guess what you're becoming? Rotten fruit. And rotten fruit attracts what? Bugs. And that's what you're going to attract. And rotten fruit stinks. And what's going to happen to you? You're going to stink. And rotten fruit is no good. So you wonder sometimes, can I just be real honest with you? You wonder why maybe there's some friction in your home or with friends or family, whatever. Maybe because you're rotten. And your rottenness will keep you from your blessings. Watch what comes out of your mouth because as I said, your words prophesy your future. Your words prophesy your future. If it's always storming in your life, maybe because you are speaking it by always complaining and murmuring. As a child, how many of you did hear these? Stop grumbling. Stop whining. And do what you're told. Remember that. Complaining is a grown-up version of whining. Well, it is. I close with this, and I'm done. And I have this at the end, but I want to put this in today, and I'm going to close with this. When I was at North Central, obviously I came right out of the, the, the hood, if you would say. But I had no money. So my grandfather gave me his feed card. And Walt and Denise, you know about feed. It's got a lot of flowery kind of stuff, right? My grandfather gave me his feed card. Now, you got to understand something. Number one, when you sat in that bad boy, I felt like Pigpen on Charlie Brown. Poof, 
because the seats were so full of that soot from the, from the feed. I mean, they, all over. It was back seat, front seat, in between seats. You sat on the seat. Whoop, there it is. It was so bad that we had to tie strings to the wipers and pull on each end. We're going down the road. You pull, I pull, you pull, I pull. That is no kidding. My wife's doing it. We, right? And then it was so bad that it was so rusted out. No kidding, Terry. It was so rusted out that it literally whistled when it went down the road. It was so loud, I kid you not, that the dogs were barking. It was piercing their ears. I didn't have to worry about deer, right? But here's what I loved about it. Every time my pookie woman got into that car, poof, her little tushy would get all white. So I'd say, hey, come here, baby. Ooh, my baby does the hanky-panky. Baby got back. You see, I learned to turn my lemons into lemonade. I learned to turn my scars into stars. I learned to turn my stumbling blocks into stepping stones. And what are you complaining about? Ask yourself this question. Is it really worth it? It only does destruction to you. It only does destruction to you. I have to read this last one because I want you to get in that because I'm not going to say it next week. Are you finding things to complain about because you're unhappy or mad or ungrateful or sad? You pick the poison. Amen? When you are always complaining, you make yourself the victim instead of the victim. The victor. Now watch this, and we close this last statement. Complaining is like bad breath. You notice it when it comes out of someone else's mouth, but not when it comes out yours. Brush your teeth. I always tease my brother. I said, brother, your teeth are so yellow you can make corn cobs out of that. Yeah. Stand with me today, will you? Next week, we're going to talk about how to get out of that complaining cycle in your life. And I have to tell you, God really inspired me to write this next, this next one, every one of my sermons, but this next week about how to get out of that. Because we get in a rut, and sometimes we don't even realize that we're in it. Sometimes we don't even know until you find yourself always unhappy and the storm cloud following you. You ask for it, you got it. I want to pray over you today. I was going to tell a story about my wife and her blood, blood pressure cup of checking your levels. You can read it on your notes. But maybe you have to take an inventory of yourself. Don't look at your spouse first and say he or she is this and that. Examine yourself first. Do I need to change in me so that people will like me? Amen. Can I pray over you today? Father, I pray in Jesus' name. I know I went long again today. I, I'm long-winded, I guess. But, Lord, I truly do speak into these people's lives. Sometimes we can be like the Israelites and never enter our promised land because we're murmuring and complaining and thinking there's grasshoppers. We're grasshoppers compared to what the giants that are coming against us, and we're complaining. And because of our complaining, we're never able to enter into fullness that you have for our lives. We're cutting ourselves short 
of the fullness that you have. And I pray that we will do an inventory of ourselves, not asking this one to be changed before I change, but we change before they change, that we make that choice. Thank you for this wonderful church. Bless them and let the joy of the Lord be their strength. And, Lord, go with us now, I pray. And I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Don't forget, if you want to give towards Jordan and and Haley, there's a bucket back there. God bless you. Check out their booth. Thank you for being here tonight, uh, today. God bless you. Thank you for listening to today's message. If this message has encouraged you in any way, please consider giving to Adventure Church to help continue this ministry. Giving is safe and easy through our website at www.adventurechurchsiren.com. Thank you for your generous support.